0: My accountant was like, you know, they say that money can't buy happiness. And I'm like, well, Bullshit. I did, you know,
1: have you seen a I- chocolate <laughs> fountain? Come on. I- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> California, California, here we go.
2: Keeping up with the Cohens. An OC Rewatch Podcast.
1: Hello and welcome back to the OC Bitch. It's Keeping Up with the Coens, episode two, season four. Guys, we're on a roll. This is the second week in a row we've done this. It feels like riding a bike. Am I right or wrong? Dylan Irwin.
2: You're so right. This is the best bike. And I like to think of you and Chelsea as my training wheels Mm -hmm. on this bike that we call the show. Um, although I'm, I'm willing to bet that Chelsea is doing better than both you or I right now,
1: because she's yeah. pregnant.
2: Yes, I just want to feel that life in my own yeah. body and also be in Mexico.
1: That's uh, that's Chelsea Trinidad. She's also here. She's also pregnant. There are technically three of three of her on the podcast right now. Uh, also coming to us from Mexico. We're getting the full bingo card of Chelsea right now: pregnancy, twins, Mexico. <laughs>
0: Well, I feel like it's a recurrent, like I feel like almost every season that we've recorded this show, I've done at least one episode in Mexico. This
1: is by far the best setup you've had so far. I remember one time you just like had like one AirPod you were yelling into.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There was one time I was literally in a closet. That was kind of hard. This is thanks Uh, to your
2: Patreon dollars that Chelsea
1: has better equipment. (laughs) That's right. Thank you. Patreon.com slash the (laughs) queen of RSV.
0: God, that was the worst week of my life. That was terrible. (laughs) It was great
1: for Dylan and I. Great content
0: yeah <laughs> i haven't had a uh, covid yet knock on wood Are but you sure I mean, rsv no i'm 100 not sure <laughs> <laughs> statistics <laughs> i mean no i'm just saying like okay whenever covid was first breaking so like you think about 2020 like feb or, like january february mm-hmm. i was in i spent weeks in dallas atlanta vegas New York City, Denver, and Phoenix. So I was in every single hot spot at fucking wow. trade shows where I was shaking people's hands and talking to, you know, f- 100 people a day.
2: And you
1: have to put your mouth on balloons, right? That was before she had the balloon business, no.
2: though. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, lots happened in this in these two years, Dylan. Catch up. Wow. Anyway, that's thanks for coming to COVID Corner, guys. I'm glad that we could all uh, really... <laughs> Should we get into these episodes? we've got two more episodes of the o c to discuss today. Um two more episodes of season four, my favorite yeah. season. These were such
2: good episodes. I Dylan, now understand. I'm so, I
1: was just thinking about i think the th- I think the reason that I'm so excited that you're here and you get to be a part of this, which I know, right? I can't believe I'm even saying that um is just because i'm I think I'm jealous of you. I think I'm jealous that you get to watch o c content that you've never seen before. Dude, it's
2: it's a whole new world. And it, like yeah so episode episode four, from what Chelsea has told me in our secret side podcast that we only release on Patreon, um, episode four <laughs> is really the tone of this season.
1: See, episode four was the turning point. That's when like like Gidget's gone and this is the rest of the season now is basically what you saw in episode four. Ooh, i it's I'm like our rom com now. I love it. I'm yeah. here for it.
0: It's whimsical and silly and a bit irreverent. I just I love it. A little absurd. I mean, I'm glad I'm glad ha. <laughs> <Cool. so funny. laughs> Get funny. I I will Dylan. say I am glad that they took three full episodes to kind of resolve the Marissa stuff. Um obviously she was a main character. Really important to all the people. I hate if it was just, like, one episode and then everyone forgot about her. That'd be kind of awkward. But at the same time, like, it's TV and it's escapism, so we don't want to, like, be sad for an entire season.
1: I'm not sure yeah. if I'm glad that it took them three episodes because there's only 16, but I also feel like I would have complained had they done that, had they would have just been like, she's dead and we got over it and now we're moving on to rom-com town after, like, 30 minutes into episode one. Um, the, what I'm saying is season four should have been 30 episodes
2: <laughs> yeah it should have yeah. been like the, the tw- 26 to 30 episodes you know back yeah. back when we had longer attention spans as a race and uh, or as a species i guess wow
1: see don't forget season um, one was 26 episodes right yeah. 25 26 yeah that's, 27 yeah 27
0: yeah because they had a summer s- no it was 27 because they had a summer season and then they had a regular year season wow I mm-hmm. kind of
1: remember. Yeah, the eight. summer season finale cliffhanger was Marissa overdosing in Tijuana. That's mm-hmm. that's so like, that was
0: a full eight.
2: That's like more episodes than a season of twenty-four.
1: Because there's only twenty-four hours in a day, Dylan. Allegedly. Um, you see how that works? Yeah. If, well, uh, Dylan's. I'm sure I was on Eloise time. Who knows how many hours are in his? I day. just don't want <laughs> to be like bound 100. by clocks.
2: <laughs> I want to tell everyone that I asked Ryan how he liked the first episode after he edited it. And his answer was, for the love of God, Dylan, get some sleep. And so I want to tell all of you that I skipped going to the gym this no, morning no, no, so I would no. be rested.
1: First of all, this might be edited out because it's not important, but like I, your message only just now made sense when you said that. Cause you said, what did you think of Pod? And I was like, Dylan, that doesn't make sense. And I was telling you to get <laughs> sleep because your message made no sense. But now oh. I'm understanding you were asking me what I thought of the podcast episode that I edited.
2: Well, I slept for like seven hours for no reason then.
0: See, I didn't understand that text either. I saw P.O.D. <laughs> and I was like, oh, like. Boom.
1: Here comes the boom. Youth of in the nation, of right? We didn't use the P.O.D. Yeah, drop in the last are, episode. Are. Oh, my gosh.
0: What did P.O.D. stand for again? It was something. Payable right?
1: on death.
2: Yeah. It's like about yeah. Christ dying for your sins, you know? Mm. Let's get POD on the show. <laughs> I wanna do I wanna do
1: I wanna do a P.O.D. cast.
2: That's the next podcast. It's the P.O.D. cast, and we go through every single POD song in alphabetical order <laughs> and analyze the lyrics.
1: Chelsea, are you on board?
0: I'm on board. Right. I mean, Christian Metal had quite a moment. It was exactly when we were in seventh and eighth grade, and it consisted of P.O.D. and Creed, and that's it. And Switchfoot. I, I would just say there was a moment where Christian music was a little bit mainstream.
2: Oh, like Under Oath.
0: Or uh, Reliant K kind of had a me- moment.
2: I think it's adorable that you think Reliant K is
1: metal. There was like a week in 2004 where Reliant K was my favorite band. They're on tour, Sadie dude.
0: Hawkins dance in my khaki pants. That's one of my five favorite better? songs.
1: Five greatest all, songs ever made. Sadie Hawkins. Did you Hawkins. all
2: know that one of the episodes <laughs> of the hit podcast, Keeping Up with the Coens, is actually named after a Reliant K song? Which one is it? <laughs> I think the it's,
0: Sadie Harper dance. Sadie, oh, Harper Sadie Harper, dance.
2: Harper. <laughs> That's a
1: great title.
2: We're funny. I don't think people realize how lucky they are to be listening to this. That's
1: a great title. All right. Should we also should we call this episode also Sadie Harper dance? Sadie Harper dance. <laughs> Sadie Harper dance part two. Part two. Okay. We should probably get into it. Shall we get into it. It? Get, yes. into it. get into it? Yeah, let's get into it. I said get into it three times. We're gonna start with the episode number three of season four. It's called the Cold Turkey. The Cold Turkey features Sandy Cohen on screen for nine minutes and four seconds. It was more than I expected. Dylan, quit me. Cold Turkey, aired
2: November 9th, 2006. two thousand six. Two. 3.73 million viewers written by J.J. Philbin. Whenever I see this phrase, it always reminds me of that old Mitch Hedberg joke, how do you quit cold turkey?
0: I love Mitch Hedberg, but I don't remember that particular joke. You don't? No. I remember the one about uh, if uh, carrots got you drunk, rabbits would be fucked. And I remember the one about chicken thumbs.
1: there will be a bonus podcast where we just, <laughs> we, just re- <laughs> we just recite off the top of our head Mitch Hedberg yeah, jokes.
0: very poorly <laughs> <laughs> you recite
1: that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> This is great content. <laughs> Dylan, come back. Oh. Who's recapping this? Chelsea. I, I am. <laughs> okay.
0: Um, yeah, so Dylan, do you want to say who, did you already say who, like, wrote it? And J.J. Stuff?
1: Philbin, <laughs> I was here for it.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Let's talk Let's talk about the cold turkey. So there's big tension between Julie and the Coens, which I thought was kind mm. of weird that this was the thing that they, they were like, this is the hell we're going to die on. Like, considering Julie's accused Ryan of shooting trey and yeah. julie was also <laughs> she said she
1: sent it we talked about this last week we she, she sent him on a murder mission which is as bad i think so well you know so i mean a third strike we could dig up somewhere
0: yeah there is she um was in on a scam on kirsten also <laughs>
2: that's pretty bad yeah yeah Guys, I don't think Julie's a good person.
1: Three strikes and you're out, Chelsea. Come on.
0: I mean, the deal is, though, at least in this scenario, you could understand where her and Ryan's deep pain came from. Like, I think that this error in judgment was a lot more understandable than the other two.
1: You think the error in judgment of him trying to murder someone is more understandable than some of the other things that they've done, that was significantly less impactful.
0: Yeah, I think so because it came, it stemmed from a place of true pain and true consequence, whereas the okay. others.
2: Okay, I, I get. Okay, I get that. I get know. that. I think. Mm-hmm. I okay, yeah, I get that. I support. <laughs> I support you one hundred percent, Senorita.
0: Um, I'm going to blame this on my pregnancy brain, but like Seth and Ryan were fighting in Awkward 2. Do, do we remember why that, that happened?
1: Because he ratted him out. Because Ryan was mad. <laughs> yeah, okay, Ryan gonna... was mad that Seth called his parents to Mexico and tricked him into going to the fake room. The okay. The, the escape fake room. room. <laughs> oh, it's the yeah. old fake room trick. Yeah, Seth
2: set up an escape room at a bar in Mexico and tricked Ryan. I, I have to ask, and maybe this is the best time for, because this kind of takes place during that tense scene um in the cohen kitchen which is usually a a haven of such delight um it's kind of a two-part question one does their coffee maker not have an automatic off where you pull the coffee out and pour it and it doesn't keep dripping bro it's two thousand. it was 2006 that's true okay maybe not pre-keurig i uh i also ryan pointed this out and i'm going to ask you all again what the hell does wash up (laughs) mean okay like
1: I thought about that so much since you brought it up. So that Anna used to say it because, all the time, and now I can't not hear it when someone. Well, i it,
2: it, it, gonna go wash up. It's different now because, like the the insinuation in this episode was "wash up" means all right, go take a shower and get ready for the day. Whereas "wash up" when Anna used it, she's like, "I'm gonna go wash up before we eat our tuna salad sandwiches or something like that." But like, <laughs> is she gonna yeah. is she gonna go shower at the school? What does wash up mean? Just just say what you want to say, OC. Enough of this wash up garbage.
1: I miss the halcyon days of, of Anna and Luke. Ugh, what a time. I. No one no no one no one here had kids. God, Man. what a time to be alive.
0: <laughs> um so this episode was largely, you know, just a wrap up. Um I thought that compared to other Thanksgiving episodes, I actually thought it was a letdown. Like the second episode in this series that we're covering today was much better than this one. Don't you guys think?
1: It was weird for a Thanksgiving episode. I feel like that was just a victim of timing, of them having a shortened season that started much later. So they had to kind of force Thanksgiving into it. Mm -hmm. I did think they did a good job of working the Thanksgiving plotline, though, with Kirsten trying to cook. But then all these other things coming up and like her getting taken away from the cooking. And then all the homeless people coming over, which was an insane thing. I can't believe they wrote that into the script at some point. But... I thought they did a good job with the Thanksgiving backdrop.
2: I uh I thought it was like my first note is whoa, Thanksgiving episode right out of the gate because usually you have to wait for these holiday episodes.
1: Oh my god, Dylan? Dylan. What? Next week. Oh my god, it's Christmas. No, that's the <gasps> thing,
2: dude. That's the thing is episode mm-hmm. 3 is the Thanksgiving episode. The Christmas episode isn't until 7.
1: That's not true. That can't be true. Wait. It could that be can't true. possibly yeah. be true. Don't you dare be lie to me. December
2: 14th is when the Christmas episode aired. And that was the seventh episode of the fourth season, according to IMDb.
1: All right. You guys keep going. I'm going to debunk this. But,
2: <laughs> I mean, I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> but I, I got to.
1: I hope you're wrong. I got to say,
2: since, since. I mean, maybe we'll kind of get to this more as we get in there. But the whole homeless people plot, like, I get. What it was trying to accomplish, like the soup kitchen and and it's summer's new bag, summer's new thing. But every once in a while. Oh, my God, you're right. I was just waiting to hear that. Fuck. I'm going to isolate that audio and play it whenever I'm sad. This is so (laughs) upsetting. So what I was saying is that I like the homeless guy thing. I get it. I know what they were trying to do. But I kind of feel like they went really hardcore into, ha, 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 homeless people are dirty. Oh, my gosh. They're using their toilet. Oh, my gosh. And also, I noticed there were no homeless women, which is under. great point.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, let's we talk about that. we need visibility for homeless women. Um, you know, like, let, let's go ahead and just talk about the Seth and Summer storyline. Um, Definitely... I, I mean, I think that this was definitely a peek into what some of the themes are for the rest of the holiday, which is Summer, obviously super into her activism now. Young Sandy Cohen. It was Cohen. kind of a nice tie in. Yeah, young Sandy Cohen, which I thought was really cool. He goes, of all people, I wasn't expecting her. Um, did we? I mean, I think that nowadays, if they were to cover the same subject, you're right. I think that they would have treated um, unhoused people a little differently, um, but that being said, I thought that for the time, it was funny and it was playful. Um, now would it have gone over as well? I don't know. What, what did you think, Ryan?
1: Um, it was really random and it just pops up like three quarters of the way in the episode. There's no telegraphing it at the beginning. There's no, like, Chekhov's gun, but with homeless people. There's none of that. They literally just Check show out up. vagrant. And then they're there. This whole season is that, though. This whole season is very isolated things that don't matter, and they don't carry over into the other, into the other episodes at all, which is what this was, but I love it.
2: I, I And I will, I will say, part of my beef with this is that, I'm sure I've said this on the podcast before, but I'm, like, a really big West Wing fan, and season one of the West Wing had NX Jelsis Deo, it's an episode that aired in December of 99 where Toby finds out that a homeless veteran had died. And the whole episode is about how America treats its veterans and how America treats its homeless population. Like that's coming out in 99. And so I'm just kind of like, we know better than this, the OC.
0: Um, You know what I kind of loved about the Seth storyline was him at the grocery, I just love grocery store scenes on television shows <laughs> in general.
1: I fully agree with that. I think that what they, like they had to build. I'm assuming this was maybe shot in an actual grocery store, or they just had to build a new set for this one scene. But it's just cool to see a scene happen somewhere. One relatable, but two we've never seen before on this show.
0: Well, and I'm what happens. I'm sure is that Warner Brothers Paramount. Um, Universal all the different studios just have their one grocery store set and they don't even tear, bother tearing it down because every single TV show and a lot of the movies that they do is going to have one scene at the grocery store so they rearrange it just enough so they can't tell it's identical but um, then you know they don't have to replace the uh, apples and or the fake apples and that kind of thing
1: <laughs> since we're talking about Seth and Summer here who was on Summer's t-shirt that had the face going with the cross going through it
0: Ooh, I oh, was that Ann Coulter?
1: I couldn't figure out who it was, it and I've seen this episode a billion times. I
0: see. think it was Ann Coulter.
1: Cool. Okay. Which,
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm going to look
0: this which up. Which is kind of awesome. Um. So the other thing that I noticed where during summer scenes is that Atomic County was kind of a motif that kept coming up. She thought about it when she was at Brown. When she came home, she stared at the poster and says... Uh, bedroom and you know again that was just something that reminded her so much of marissa that she was carrying with her that obviously drove her to distract from it uh by diving into activism um uh, but i did like how you know we we basically ignored that atomic county was even a thing the entire third season so it is nice in the fourth that they kind of got back to referencing it so often
1: i feel like at this point they had already kind of figured out that they were gonna make atomic county its own like spin off. I think they had, I think they called the Mobisodes back in the day, back in two thousand six, and so they had so they had to bring. I think they had to bring it back a little bit to remind people what they what they should be getting.
0: And then the thing I noticed about Seth in this episode, but also really in the next episode, is you're so right, Ryan. He is good, Seth, right now.
2: Okay, I have an update for you guys about the shirt.
1: How did you? Mm-hmm. How, first of all, I'm a, I want to, I would like to know how you even okay. found this because that's a very niche thing. Well, I
2: literally just Googled summer shirt. OC season four, episode three. And I found this from anonymous Eagle. No, I wish this is actually from a message board from 2006, November of 2006. Um, And the question was, I had a question. Did anyone notice if the picture on summer's shirt was Marissa? That's stupid. Lucas and Brooke forever eight go away. (laughs) And tragedy. Tay responded. It was some anti-fur shirt, but I thought it was Marissa two at first. Let's see. The goodbye girl says, I kept looking at her shirt, too, but it looked like Anne Coulter
1: to me. Yeah. I think you guys you were go. right. Chelsea's right. Also, when we get to the very, very weird Christmas episode, I'm going to take some time and carve out some, some time to go mess on a message board hunting spree from that time period so I can see what people had to say and make fun of them. Fan forum is where <laughs> to go. Yeah. I can't wait. Re- reading old I fan read forums is great.
0: Um, I, I've been afraid to read the Yellow Jackets, uh, Reddits just cause I'm like, don't want to get spoiled, but I've been really wanting to.
2: You're almost there. Um, I, I, I do have to say a couple things on the Seth Summer storyline. Um, first of all, if you listen to this show, you know that I'm a fan of warring dialogue where the, where the dialogue is between two characters, but it jumps back and forth and they're answering each other. Big, big Josh Schwartz kind of mainstay. Um, mm-hmm. except, uh, JJ Actually adopted it for this episode, and I really, really liked the warring dialogue between Seth and Summer, and then Julie and Doc Ock. I thought it was really well done, and it made me honestly miss uh, those early episodes of season one. Um, The other thing that I think is fascinating, and it makes me think about Ryan's wheel, OC wheel of continuity, is now we have a situation where Summer is ditching Seth, And it reminds me so much of what Seth used to do to literally anyone that cared about him in his life and just leave, just ditch them. And so I think it's really interesting that we kind of have those parallels to those earlier seasons, except in this case – because Summer's perfect, I don't really think she's doing it for selfish reasons. I feel like she's doing it more for selfless reasons.
0: Um, So moving on from kind of lightest storylines uh, to the heaviest, let's let's talk about Kirsten and Taylor for a little while. Um, okay, I love I this pairing. This is my favorite yeah.
1: pairing of people in a long time. I love it.
0: They're really, really sweet together. And it's so cool because Kirsten is so the antithesis to Taylor's mother.
1: Yeah.
2: She's nice.
0: Um, we find out we find out that Taylor's been hiding in Seth's room, um, and she's also kind of doing her classic Taylor bit where she's nosing around in Seth and Summer's relationship, which is pretty cute. Um, Kirsten discovers Taylor basically like, uh, you know, scrounging around for food in her kitchen, and Taylor spills her guts to Kirsten and to us, the audience, about what happened with her um, marriage in uh, Paris and kind of what, what happened there. Um, but Kirsten's pretty much, it ends with her being like, okay, I'm going to help you. I'll even talk to your mom. And Taylor's like, okay, well, I'm going to help you cook. So we get really, really cute scenes of them kind of in the kitchen together. And Taylor, of course, knows what she's doing. And Kirsten is better, but still struggling a little bit. But I mean, their chemistry together is so cute. Um, every scene that Taylor's in, she really does make brighter and more exciting. I just, I love their dynamic together.
1: This is the beginning of Taylor. This is when she became my favorite character on the show, even though if you go back, she was great in season three. This is like Taylor becomes like a main character in this episode and sticks with it for the rest of the season. And she's just wonderful. My first note is love Taylor. <laughs> I'm coming around now.
0: Um, well, I have a bigger question about Kirsten <laughs> because, you know, in, in the first episode of this season, they make reference in the Atomic County slideshow that Kirsten used to be an ice queen. And they would kind of say that throughout as a running joke. But... From everything that we've observed about Kirsten is that she's actually been one of the most caring and the most, like, engaging and thoughtful uh, resources when it comes to tender moments with Ryan and Teresa and now Taylor. But even Julie and Marissa, she really had a great relationship with. Um, why doesn't she have this same um i guess caring relationship with seth
1: we don't know really what she was like but i mean we all we know about what kirsten was like before the show started is what we hear from other characters but the show starts with ryan arriving in newport and them adopting ryan and i feel like that's meant to show that it, he being like him being there changed her a lot and made her softer and kind of made her into the person that we see now a little bit but also of all the people in the show seth is the one that like, kind of is the most guarded and has his walls up the most and has doesn't really have those types of moments with anybody. So I feel like that's mm-hmm. more of a him problem than it is a her problem.
0: No, that makes sense.
1: Mm. Oh, my gosh. There's something super
2: important in the Summer Seth storyline, at least I consider it Summer Seth storyline, that we didn't talk about. What? And it's Summer at the airport with Doc Ock and him finding out you know, where he was going to be working. What hospital he's going to be working? Well,
0: at. I was going to talk about that, and when I talk yeah. about Julie and Doctor yeah. Paul
1: that's, that's Grey's Anatomy Chili's corner. We'll get okay, there. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's exactly. that's a corner that, that I want to live in. I'll say that much.
0: Yeah, because that kind of I I kind of blended that in more with like him and Julie breaking up.
2: Okay, I'm silent.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> Ryan's going <gonna> to rewind. <laughs> um, so what did you guys think about Kirsten and Veronica's conversation?
1: At some point, you have to have a real villain on the show, and you know it's. We're, we're past trying to develop villains. We're just like, here's a shitty person. Here she is. And she's being <laughs> shitty.
0: Well, I think it was a good way to explain why the rest of the season, like, you know, Taylor is basically adopted. You know, she she becomes a uh, like Julie's ward pretty much.
1: She becomes Maybe a stray dog that Chelsea would take in. <laughs> just
2: I like would. big Caitlyn energy bringing salacious B. Crumb into the into the Cohen house. But I have to say that I like this new approach of rather than making these kind of quote-unquote larger than life villains they're just taking normal rude people because that's more like that's more like life you know the the biggest quote-unquote enemies that we really have aren't like crazed gunman who we meet at therapy and aren't, you know... right. so <laughs> I was, That's what
1: I was thinking. That was in my head. Is like It took us like 12 episodes of Johnny to fully develop him into someone we hate. With yeah. them, it's just like, oh, Veronica sucks. Here she is. She sucks. And we're like, oh, great. We're all on board with her sucking after 30 seconds.
0: Uh, so moving on to uh, Julie and Dr. Roberts. And really, I guess Caitlin is kind of lumped in with them. Although Caitlin, much like her adorable new puppy, really is kind of just an accessory of this episode. Nothing really that consequential Happens with her. Um, she's still kind of blackmailing Doctor Roberts over his affair. Um, him and Julie are still very much disconnected. He, Doctor Roberts, throughout the whole episode, does not understand why they aren't going to the Co-Wins and seems upset by it. Um, but I thought that was a little bit weird because at the end of last season, he was like, "Oh, we need distance because you know Sandy was into some shady business stuff." Um, so I guess they kind of forgot about that little aspect really quickly.
2: Plot holes heal all wounds. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Um, so Doc Ock, uh, confronts Ryan about the tension and- Wait, what? uh, Chelsea, don't call him that.
1: Don't give Dylan that validation. (laughs) Oh
0: my God. Well, he talks to Ryan. He's pretty much trying to figure out, like, why on earth would Julie not want to go over to the Coen's? Like, what's going on? Um... But of course, as a good lighthearted TV show goes, Julie eventually goes and apologizes to the Coens and makes everything right. They have their wonderful, uh, you know, kind of makeup and dinner together, which is really nice. Um, But at the same time, uh, Dr. Roberts and Julie do kind of confront the state of their relationship. And I think that they want us to walk away with the, you know, they, they didn't want us to villainize Dr. Roberts, even though he is definitely cheating on her. Um, We talked about this last week, but I think that their relationship casualty was very much a situation of circumstance rather than any of them necessarily being a villain or actively destroying it.
1: I disagree with that again. I just don't like Dr. Robert, so I have an axe to grind with him. I think he sucks, but... um, Okay,
0: I like him.
1: No, I I don't like him. I think he sucks. I think he's weird. He's just like a weird old guy that doesn't really have any fun character moments on this show for me. He did say that he didn't cheat on her. He says he didn't cheat on her, that nothing happened. He says that to Julie in this episode, which we're led to, it's like, whatever, I guess we're led to believe him. It's not It's not important enough of a storyline to explore more so than that. But was this the only scene? I was trying to think. Was that the only scene that we've ever had with Ryan and Neil together? Oh, man.
0: yeah. That, that's all. That's the only one I can recall.
1: The only one that I can think of that maybe had him was season three, whenever Caitlin was having her birthday party, and Neil was there helping him set up for a minute. Maybe so. But I don't, I don't know
0: uh, why he would have talked to Ryan, yeah, it, yeah, this is definitely the first. This was
1: definitely the most dialogue they've ever had. Maybe the only dialogue they've ever had. Man.
0: Um, their breakup ends with him. Um, you know, he's telling Summer that he's gonna go to Seattle Grace. So, which is obviously a direct <laughs> reference to Grey's Anatomy.
2: <laughs> it had premiered um, the year before. <laughs> they are milking that 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 Grey's Anatomy cow for all it's worth. I uh, I I'm sorry. I have to be the one to break this news, just because. Oh my god! But after the Seattle Grace reveal. We find out that Summer and Doc Ock are going to have Thanksgiving dinner, not just at Chili's, but at the best form of Chili's—an airport, airport Chili's. Chili's. And so, so, Chili's
0: to go? Yes. Chi- <laughs> or no, 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 no. What? Whatever the sandwich hut is called, but no, any Chili's you see at an airport is going to be great. They're not going to have very much on their menu, but they will have the queso, which skillet is skillet queso
1: part. at the airport. Can't beat it, Mary. Merry Thanksgiving. Okay, I,
2: it's I like
0: act- a chili queso.
2: I actually have a question for you all about this. This is a debate that Leslie and I get into a lot. The debate is I love all three of these, and Leslie doesn't. Um, so it's really just something I talk to myself about. Skill of queso. So you have three. Are, you, oh, to- no, no, are no. you making
1: a triple dipper right now? So we're doing. No, oh, it's, never mind. it's no, it's
2: it's something even more controversial because in Lawton we didn't have a lot of nice restaurants when I was growing up. Our three nicest restaurants were Applebee's, Chili's. An Outback Steakhouse. I want you all to rank those three restaurants. Chili's,
1: Applebee's, Outback Steakhouse.
2: Wow.
0: No, Outback is first. That's
1: psychotic. Okay. okay uh
0: uh-uh. uh. I- Outback is fantastic. The Bloomin' Onion. They actually have a nice steak. Uh, Outback is 100% first.
1: You can go to like a bunch of shitty steakhouses and get shitty steak, and you can only go to Chili. You can only get Chili's food at Chili's. But at
2: Outback, It's no rules, and
1: it's 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 just just right. right.
2: So I think it's Outback
0: and Onion, man.
2: Outback Chili's, Applebee's. Outback is in a league of its own. It's like Australian Chili's. No, this is wrong.
0: And Applebee's is the bottom for sure.
2: Applebee's has the best decor because it has all that weird celeb merch. Made me feel like I was in a Planet Hollywood in Lawton. But (laughs) what it what what really hurts Applebee's nowadays? If If we're talking Applebee's in 2004, 2005, Applebee's is top tier, but they got rid of the riblet basket.
1: I can't believe I was like, we got to hurry and finish this episode. And we've been talking about Applebee's and Chili's and FX takeouts for at (laughs) least three minutes. We still have
2: it. We we, we have 59 minutes left, bro. I'm making my stand about riblet. This (laughs) is all getting
1: edited out. But if you want to finish it, go ahead. That's what she said.
0: Ryan always threatens to edit our uh, tangents out, and then he never actually does. God,
1: he's going to do it this time now. We haven't said anything usable <laughs> in at least five minutes. So I,
2: I will say... All
0: right, moving along. Yeah, there's there's
2: only one more story left.
0: <laughs> I will say um, in, in the next episode, they do another call out to Grey's Anatomy because Caitlin goes, Oh, is he still being bossed around by that uh little sassy lady? And that would be... Uh, Dr. Bailey, who's still on the show 20 years later. So pretty
1: incredible. Wait, we're Um, going to leave this storyline. I just want to shout out to Julie for her delivery, but also just the line that they wrote that she threatens to put Kalen's dog to sleep. I laughed out loud. (laughs) That was really funny.
2: All caps. I have Julie Cooper Nickel kills dogs. I, I also love this is so stupid, but just as a storytelling device, I love that we have a fully fleshed out like dramatic story for that dog. You have a beginning, a distinct beginning, where the dog is found abandoned at the pier. A middle where the dog is being adopted, but they're not sure if the dog is going to be welcome. And then an ending where that dog is reunited with its owner, who is one of the unhoused at Thanksgiving. That is like some Charlie Brown nonsense. And I. But that's what I'm telling you. That's what this
1: season is. This season is very contained storylines that take place in the in like one episode. So the the show's not as serialized as it was before. Also. I agree. We need more representation for homeless women. Yep. That's what this <laughs> episode is really about. Thank you, well, Summer.
0: I feel like dogs are a very popular motif within uh Wow. Thanksgiving Chelsea episodes. Chelsea's this coming in with own. the hot takes.
1: Dogs are popular. <laughs> Chelsea said it first.
0: Well, no. In- <laughs> I'm sorry. In You're backlit. The, uh, You're backlit. And you
2: come in, I know, and you say, I believe the dogs are a popular motif <laughs> in Thanksgiving episodes. <laughs>
0: I mean, I'm thinking about that episode of Friends where they have a dog named Clunkers, and they find out that Chandler doesn't like dogs, and it's like everyone's like, "What the fuck? How do you not like dogs?"
1: We haven't Let's talked about talk. the OC in what feels like an hour. Let's talk about what's going on with Ryan and Sandy
2: and Gidget.
0: Absolutely, I would say this is the uh, thrust of the episode. Thrust. Um,
2: <laughs> I love I love thinking of Gidget and Thrust in the same in the same sentence. Yeah,
1: there was no Chris oh, Pratt in this episode, do. by the way. He, he was completely absent. He was forming um, QAnon. Well-
0: <laughs> well I mean I bet most people watching was like oh okay Che's only gonna be in a couple episodes They didn't realize what an important character he'd end up being for this season um but Sandy takes a phone call and we find out quickly that it's Volchek on the other end um I hate how hot Volchek is he's just so <laughs>
1: What? Yeah. <laughs> but him he needs to be in the yes. Man Madness legacy bracket. Yeah. I
0: know he does. He it's like the elephant in the room. Like you don't even hear what he's saying or care what persona he has. I was thinking when watching this, it's like you can tell in this that there's two sides of him, his more vulnerable human side that's more of Kevin, versus his um, you know, prick side that uh hooked up with Johnny's girlfriend. Chelsea. And, oh, you are
1: literally Brian. reciting back Marissa's dialogue from season three this was her exact justification for like dating him
2: I forgot that his wow. name was, I forgot that his name was Kevin at one point uh Kirsten goes wait like Volcek volcek and I was like wait
1: Mario Mario his- Luigi Mario <laughs> are you brothers
0: <laughs> um so we we get a very remote <laughs> we get a very <laughs> oh my god! We get a very remorseful Gidget in this episode.
1: Can I just say I have not yet gotten over Gidget. Gidget still makes me happy every time I hear it or we say it. That's our fate. That's the best thing we've done on this podcast. <laughs>
0: Um, he tells Sandy that he's, you know, he was in Mexico, he's on the run, and it's already kind of felt like he was in prison. He just wants it to be over. She
1: said he slept on the beach last night. I feel like that was his homage to Marissa who was sleeping at her house.
0: outside. <laughs> it's like
1: a ghost story.
0: Um, he's also a like, like, homeless the most- guy. Oh. All- it comes full circle. The
2: redemption of the unhoused.
0: It was the absolute most OC TV show moment because, of course, him and Sandy are driving together and Ryan sees them in the car. It looks so good. And then this is... This is really funny. I thought this line was just ridiculous. But uh, Ryan comes to confront Sandy and be like, why are you helping him? And then, um, you know, Kirsten's like, we're only doing things in your best interest. And Ryan goes, you know what's in my best interest? leave me alone (laughs) Jesus christ come on ryan what the fuck
1: imagine i was watching i was watching this episode with my girlfriend last night and she has only watched season one she's probably not going to watch the rest of the series so i was like i feel okay with putting this on but she went from the end of season one to watching this episode it's just like what the fuck has happened but the biggest takeaway for her was like ryan's such a fucking asshole now
2: exactly we need to get her on the show to talk about that there was a so there are a couple moments during this Ryan, the vigilante, Ryan Batman stuff. Oh, but also, Dylan, um,
1: when you said they look so good together, sorry to interrupt that, but like, when, I just wanted to mm-hmm. say in an alternate universe, which we'll talk about in two weeks, <laughs> um, instead <laughs> of Linda Clark and Rachel Bilson having a podcast, it's Gidget, it's Gidget and, Sandy. and Sandy having a podcast, and so that's, would be, oh that's the only better pairing, I think, that could exist.
2: Oh, that would be so... That's You know what? I'm going to manifest that. Um, there were a couple of points that i just wanted to bring up about this first of all ryan's sunglasses are something
1: else um, i literally episode. wrote that i literally <laughs> wrote ryan's a diva and wow his sunglasses are wow that's my note
2: yeah i they remind me of those wild wild west sunglasses that burger king sold for a brief period of time when the will smith movie came out so great good song. Job. underrated song there was also a line that, that sandy gave that wasn't meant to be funny but i lost my mind he was talking to Kirsten about trying to find Ryan, and he said, I've been to the bait shop, the diner, can't find him anywhere, and it's because those <laughs> are the only two places in Newport. I love it. <laughs> he
0: forgot the crab shack.
2: Yeah, he. Uh, I, there was also an amazing shot of Sandy leaning up against the Jeep, Ryan's Jeep, that looked so cool. Um. No, I. Oh, I When, like when Ryan
1: spot. walked out of the Mermaid Inn, right? That's when he sees Sandy. Yeah, the
0: Mermaid Inn, the motel. So <laughs> we
1: see the Mermaid Inn. We see Ryan illegally parked right in front of it, where Sandy's waiting for him, le- looking cool. And Ryan just leaves his car there and goes off with Sandy. That's the old. That's like the only other thing my girlfriend pointed out I was like he can't park there.
2: Yes. I, I feel like she has the same takes that I do, and I'm gonna start another podcast with her rewatching the OC starting from season one.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> Dylan and Macy. I, so But like I,
1: but also anytime Sandy was driving and it showed him driving that fake like usually I feel like this show has done pretty good with driving in the car scenes. Like they show you they're they're usually driving. But this one was so fake. Like it was such a fake green screen behind him of like fake traffic. It looked like a Seinfeld episode.
2: I uh that's hysterical. So the, the other thing that, that really kind of bothered me is I want to talk about the confrontation. I love the whole Sandy, I trust you. You know, you can you can go and do this. You can I trust that you won't kill him. Um so Ugh. Ryan walks in, there's so much sexual tension. I want to start an archive of their own post about Ryan ending up with Gidget. Um but the question that I have is so Ryan just rails on him almost kills him with a bottle. And then he walks out and the cops are there and the cops literally do nothing or say nothing, I guess about the fact that Gidget has a bloody nose.
1: I understand that Sandy has some sway with the local authorities, but like, there's no way the cops would show up and they're like, the guy we were looking for is in there. But this other guy has some beef, so we're just going to let them sit in there for a while. We're going to stand out here and just wait for that to be over. Yeah, that's not how cops work. Well,
0: that was a risky game that uh, Sandy was playing, too, because what if Ryan did beat him up? Then he'd have two people in I jail. Thought about, I
1: was like, what if Ryan had just killed him right there in that episode? He just murdered Gidget. I was like, season four would have had to have been much longer.
0: <laughs> um. So, Aaron Foster gets her final cameo, which I knew that uh, Ryan I
1: love Aaron Foster, and I love the Foster sisters. One more shout out to them.
0: Um, the only uh, question I have about, uh, just to kind of wrap up this uh, train of events, is, uh, did you think that Ryan was satisfied by Volchek's answers?
1: Yes. I think that he, that's what the show wanted to portray, was that Ryan, I think, because we've already we've had the discussions, like we've we've been able to watch and view things from a perspective that you know Ryan the character didn't, and we've had the discussions of like, did Volchek murder her, or what what was really going on there? And it made the show made it seem like Ryan in his mind thought that Volchek Gidget was after them and tried to kill her, and then actively ran away on purpose. And learning that it was an accident and he ran away because he was scared was, I guess somehow good enough for ryan to start healing
0: yeah well Annie, he, he got the confirmation from aaron foster that um you know he just he just wanted you guys to pull over mm-hmm. um obviously it was really hurt because he loved marissa also blah 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 it, it was okay i mean i think probably the most healing and most resolution of this whole storyline we get is that you know that scene with ryan and julie at the very end that just shows they're healed they're finally in a good place both of them are the two that hurt the most and they can come together and talk and remember marissa and i just thought that whole conversation was really sweet
1: well that was back to back with the the scene that summer and julie had at neil's house which i guess is now julie's house yeah. where summer and julie were able to like sit down and kind of talk about it together i really thought for some i was i've seen this episode a hundred times and i was still surprised that they actually went to chili's because i thought for sure that summer ended up at the cohen's for thanksgiving but i guess not um but so but julie had that moment with summer and then went to the cohen's and you know in just in just a one week of episode or er, less than one week in the actual canon of the oc sandy's gone from like this was unforgivable to yeah come on in everything's cool now but she had that moment with summer and then she had that moment with ryan in the pool house which was really great except for how awkward sandy and kirsten were just leering in the background from the kitchen
2: okay that was that was some weird framing and i almost took another I, i what you all don't know is i sent so many freaking pictures To Ryan and Chelsea of me watching the episodes, but, like, I almost took that picture and sent it, too. Um, It was weird. Which reminds me – I think Ryan and I both had this note. The strange um, subtitle of the week was at one point, I think Mm -hmm. – who was it? Caitlin talking to Taylor. Yeah, Caitlin calls Taylor a freak show. But then the subtitle doesn't say freak show. It says like effing crazy. Like F no, she apostasy. said in the
1: show, she says you're such a freak show. But then the subtitle said you're effed up.
2: Yeah. And so I don't I want to know who is making these changes and which one I should believe um, because I'm having trust issues with this
1: show. I feel like I know the answer to this already. But Chelsea, do we have an outfit of the episode?
0: Outfit of the episode. Um, what did you think it was?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know what the music moment was for me. Um, I think the outfit of the episode had it's either gonna be one of the homeless guys or it's gonna be Summer's Ann Coulter shirt.
0: Yeah, I like the Ann Coulter shirt. I thought it was funny.
1: And Ryan, can I guess the music moment? Yeah, you can guess what the music moment was. I think it was pretty basic. I don't think it was anything too crazy. What do you think it was, Dylan? Was it any
2: one of the uses of one of the songs from Tom York's solo album, The Eraser? It absolutely
1: was not. I fucking hate Tom. I don't like Tom York wow i don't like radiohead i think they're so fucking boring wow no for me i have it uh the last song of the episode was all of my days by alexi murdoch our guy the orange sky guy oh yeah I feel like,
2: oh, oh yeah okay i couldn't remember if we'd already chosen that song
1: orange sky was one of the season one songs yeah. of the episode was I, remember the I, tried, where, uh, I remember i tried to i tried to instagram i was like what's he been up to and all he had was photos of orange skies
2: yeah it was, it was the episode where other trey was like hey happy thanksgiving oh my it was a thanksgiving episode <laughs>
1: Oh, man. It all makes sense Unlock. Remember how they used to make, I used to buy those like unauthorized third party books for like Lost. They probably make it for Yellow Jackets. It's like unlocking the secrets of Lost and they wouldn't actually give you any new information. I feel like we could write that about the OC.
2: That's that's the next, that's going to be our next Patreon stretch goal. The deal
0: is that they had to make those books for the fandoms before there were podcasts.
2: True. Yeah. We are now the unofficial garbage paperbacks. (laughs)
0: that you buy at the scholastic book fair
1: yeah i'm trying to see if i had any more notes that i didn't say i think we covered everything that was a great recap chelsea good job
2: oh god thank you awesome yeah
1: so that's uh that's the end of that episode and that gets us into episode number four the metamorphosis which features sandy Cohen on screen for six minutes and 22 seconds dylan mighty meta mighty metamorph and power rangers i'm gonna anamorph you um
0: Uh, episode title.
1: (laughs) Jeez. The Metamorphosis
2: originally aired on November 16th, 2006. I got a burp, but I'm not going to. Um, To 3.77 million viewers. So we're growing, but, you know, not as much as we want to. It was written by Layla Gerstein or um, Layla Gerstein. I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but I like her because this episode was great. Now, I'm trying something new tonight, Ryan. Trying something new inspired by you. Rather than sit down and spend an hour and a half typing word for word what I'm going to say, mm-hmm. I'm going to read two different synopses and then ask 14 questions wow. about this episode.
0: Wow. Had to, had to one up Ryan. This is, See, I believe, <laughs> the
1: third time that you've changed your recap style because you just can't I can't decide them well. I can't decide.
0: <laughs> no, there's a nice symmetry here because Ryan asked 10 questions. I had four questions prepared for my last recap, which Ryan said was a wonderful recap, by the way. Now Dylan asked fourteen. Some of
2: these questions are like really quick ones, and some of them are more discussions, So I think it evens out. But here's what's going on. Good, okay? we've got
1: forty minutes. Let's go. Watch me.
2: Summer realizes <laughs> her new personality is just a way of coping with Marissa's death, and Seth continues to support her. Hmm. Ryan helps Taylor legalize. <laughs> was that a question? Uh, that was just a, that was just a hmm. Interesting. Ryan okay. helps Taylor legalize her divorce. <laughs> Meanwhile, Julie and Caitlin attempt to stay out of trouble. Thanks, Wikipedia. Let's see what HBO says, shall we?
1: I'm sorry, I was just imagining Dylan be like, question number
2: one, hmm? Question number one. <laughs> How? Um, okay, so when Summer tries to become the gossip-loving girl she once was, she realizes Brown may have changed her forever. Seth continues to be supportive. Ryan empathizes with Taylor and, surprisingly, helps her out of a bind. Those were both not written by me, but these questions were. Okay, so right out of the gate, we get this amazing summer's stages, uh, five stages of grief, and I kind of have a two-part question. Part one is, why don't we have more quirky, kind of fun stuff like this in this show?
0: It was reminiscent to me of, um, of course, this was before How I Met Your Mother, but kind of the, uh, what, what do they call it, crash cuts?
2: Yes. Yeah, it
0: was like the early stages of that and something that made um, How I Met Your Mother so, like, iconic. Uh, I thought that was kind of a good precursor to it. Yeah,
1: no, this is just something I feel like they hadn't tried before for some reason, but once they did try it, they sure were like, shit, we probably should have been doing this the whole time. Mm-hmm. Part two of the question. We have five stages of grief. What? Deni- there's, more, there's parts to the question? Yeah. 14 questions and some of them have parts? Denial, anger,
2: <laughs> bargaining, depression, and acceptance. I want you all she to tell me. She has anger twice, though. Yeah, she has anger twice. But I want you all to tell me, of the OC characters, which characters best epitomize those five stages
1: of grief? Anger for me is Seth, because I'm angry at him most of the time. Okay, anger is Seth.
2: <laughs> what are the other stages? Denial.
1: <laughs> uh, denial Kirsten? is- Kirsten? I was Well, I'm trying to relate this to me directly. Denial to me is probably Tate, because as much as I want to love him, I-, I want to love him, and I say that he's great, even though I know deep down he's not.
0: He is not. He's a terrible absentee father.
1: What about bargaining?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: This is an easy um, one for me. Sandy, because he's Jewish, just like me. We bargain a lot.
2: I wasn't going to say that because <laughs> I'm not allowed to. <laughs> what about depression? This is also an easy one
1: for me. Uh, Johnny. Yep. And lastly, (laughs) what about acceptance? I would say, I think Luke, just because I don't think I realized how much I love Luke until this rewatch that I've been doing with you guys. And it's made me accept Luke even more and love him for who he is.
2: I like that a lot.
0: Thank you guys for taking over that question set. My pregnant brain just couldn't work that fast.
1: I will tell you
2: that my answers were very similar. And so I'm not even going to bore you all with that question. Perfect. Number two. This may be more of a Ryan question, but um Chelsea, since you were about to be the mother of sons, um you might be able to mm-hmm. kind of dive in here too. Is it weird for a guy to ask another guy to do something out of the blue?
0: Depends how good of friends they are.
2: What if you were, are, are you
0: referring I'm ref- like Seth and Che? What are you talking about? I'm, I'm referring, referring
1: to, to Sandy to... and Spitzy.
2: Right? Yeah, so Sandy wanted to just, you know, call Spitzy and do
0: oh, something okay. and he made it
1: into a big deal. Chelsea, did you watch the episode? <laughs>
0: I totally did. I, Kelsey, I was did you watch the
1: heavy lifting again?
0: I was thinking...
1: <laughs> Your <laughs> coming next.
0: I was thinking that you meant more like a favor, but you meant like, oh, let's hang out. Yeah. Um, I think it is weird for guys. It shouldn't be. Girls call each other out of the blue and, you know, ask each other to brunch or lunch or whatever to try to make new friends. It's kind of nice. It's something we need to normalize. I, I
2: did really like how they kind of mirrored um, Sandy and... and um, and Spitz and Julie and Kirsten kind of doing that same kind of relationship. But Ryan, I mean, how do you, you're a dude. Do you ever call other dudes and be like, hey, you want to go do something?
1: Yeah, literally all the time, except for you, obviously. Um,
2: I've been, I know that's, <laughs> I was, that's, what, it was a trick. I was going to see if your answer was yes to determine how sad I should be.
1: No, I literally texted our friend Harold today and was like, hey, we should hang out tomorrow because we're going to the Harold, same show. Harold, friend
2: of the pod. Yeah. Friend, friend of the pod. I love it. Okay. So. Next question. How, and I kind of know the answer to this already, but how do we feel about them kind of going all in on these Grey's Anatomy jokes? Uh, Chelsea already kind of referenced it, but there's a reference to a short, sassy lady bossing Doc Ock around at Seattle Grace. I feel like they would have landed a lot more aggressively in 2006, but how do we feel about them now?
1: I don't feel like they've gone all in. They've made two jokes. I don't feel like that's all in. I feel like they've made two jokes and they're like, "All right, that's that's." It. that's
2: they're making Grey's Anatomy jokes in fifty percent of the season four episodes so far. They well, made it is a joke. Just
0: they were they were on different networks though, so I think it is a unique situation.
2: Yeah, they're not they're not milking the brand directly from the creature. Stop saying
1: milk,
0: <laughs> <laughs> milk, because this was on Fox and uh, Grey's is on ABC. Yes, so I think it was unique.
1: Didn't Community on NBC do that with Cougar Town on ABC and it, it turned into an actual crossover episode because they kept referencing each other so much? I think so. That's cool. pretty cool. Okay. I. This is actually a more legitimate question. You're going to find
2: I have legitimate questions and illegitimate questions, much like Caleb uh, Nicole has children. Number four, <laughs> what is the actual status of Neil and Julie's relationship? They are
0: broken up, um but he is a gentleman and he doesn't need a house in uh, Newport and doesn't need to sell it and he knows that Summer's going to want to come home. I
2: was legitimately curious about their relationship. I have no idea what's going on. I I thought they were just like on a break. They're still like keeping in touch. He's still living in his house, but on to the more important questions. So we meet a new restaurant um in this episode, El Pavo Guapo, as uh, Taylor tells us, yeah. which means the handsome turkey. And um I want you to rank the handsome turkey. Among the other Newport restaurants. So you have.
1: Why is McDo- it the second time you've had us rank restaurants today? <laughs>
2: you have. So <laughs> we have McDonald's, we have Crab Shack, we have the diner, we have the bait shop, we have Redneck Yacht Club, and we have the handsome turkey. Dylan, we're not going to remember well,
0: these. The bait shop didn't have food, and McDonald's shouldn't count. I think the Crab Shack looked McDonald's the best. Well, McDonald's? Is,
1: count. She's, he's talking about the arches. I have to decipher this. The Golden Arches. Oh. <laughs> I know, Chelsea. Chelsea, you're not wrong for thinking that.
2: Okay, then, then let's make this easier. Is El Pavo Guapo better or worse than the Crab Shack?
1: Better, because I like Tex-Mex better than, see, like, shitty seafood.
0: See, I was going to say the Crab Shack, because I could eat fried shrimp every single day of my life and be perfectly happy.
1: Ryan, are you not worried at all that
2: that El Pavo Guapo has those tiny-ass TVs? I didn't even notice
1: the tiny-ass TVs.
2: I Dude, I, that's the first... Leslie and I talk about this. That's one of the first thing guys typically notice when they walk into like a girl's room for the first time is how it's so bizarre that most girls have
1: tiny TVs.
0: No, I've heard I've heard that um brought up before Thank like you. when I was younger and still dating people.
1: Leaving room for crickets. Thank you. Well, <laughs> you know what?
2: You know what? I think you need to get your bug infestation checked out of your house, Ryan, because we're moving on to question number six, which is for you specifically, and it is, how do you feel about Che calling me a genius? So Che's back in
1: this episode. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, I love Che in this episode. Yeah, he kills it. This was a total surprise for me. I thought that Che was going to be a you know two-episode arc situation, and instead, uh, we get all of this fun time with him. I think him and Seth together were kind of funny. I think that Che is a genuinely non-toxic character and a nice friend to have in college. So- when he
1: asked Summer, did you like the sweater? I was like, you're creepy, Che. Stop doing this. So
2: I actually have a Che-related question.
1: And Well, hang on. Before, I was, before, I, before you say that, Chelsea, you've seen these episodes before. Do you remember what we find out about Che in like an episode or two from now?
0: Um... No, I don't.
1: I think it'll be a fun surprise for Dylan. Oh,
2: boy. Um, Question number seven. At one point, Sandy asks Spitz if he wants to play small ball. What the hell is small ball?
1: I miss that completely. I don't know what small ball is. Yeah, what is small ball? Is it like pickleball?
2: I don't know. So The way he says it, it's so bizarre. He says it like, want to come over? Maybe uh, play some poker, shoot some pool, play some small ball?
1: I'm trying to look at. It. I'm not actually ignoring you for once. I am trying to look that up.
0: No, I don't have any idea, and especially this is long before pickleball was trending, so I yeah don't no, I know, I think why it's they I literally it. I
1: think it's a form of like a I'm not kidding. I'm looking at this and it looks like some sort of board game based around baseball that involves gambling. huh I've so, never heard of it. I'm gonna look into this though. I'll play it before we talk next time. Hey,
2: one. other public defender, do you want to play a game that involves gambling? Okay, so we find out what Small Ball is. This is a question that I think both of you all are going to like. Um, Summer, at one point, when she's bemoaning the woman that that she was and the woman that she is and how she wants to return to form, if you will, she says, Do you know what's going on with JT and Cameron? And Seth goes, no, what? She says, I don't know. That's the problem. So my question is, what was going on with JT and Cameron in 2006 that was of note?
1: I like think when I ask questions, I try to make poignant questions about what's happening on the show. And Dylan no. just wants to know. Uh, <laughs> she no, also, she I, also I, asked how much cocaine Lindsay Lohan is doing. That is true.
0: I had forgotten uh, that that even happened, that JT and Cameron dated. But once they said that, it kind of opened up a whole new... Um, set of memories but do you remember something that they I feel like really marked their relationship was they were like oh Justin Timberlake and Cameron Diaz have fun together and they do athletics together and they surf together
1: I think that I've I've heard and I think that that there's a paparazzi photo of them kissing on a surfboard and it's like considered the most iconic paparazzi photo ever like it's the most hard to get it went for the most money just because it was so like difficult to to get well
0: i as mentioned on previous shows um i've gotten super into blind items um i have ryan to partially blame for that and i love there's a whole subset on tiktok that just talks about how to tell when a paparazzi photo is staged versus uh totally natural
2: i didn't know wait like the celebrities staged the photos yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They call the paparazzi and they say, Hey, I'm going to be at the grocery store. Like, take a picture of me being a normal person. And then they look really nice and they're holding up like a product that they might have been uh, paid to get some pictures of them with.
2: Well, I just sent you all in the chat, which I'm hoping will amuse you. That is my favorite paparazzi photo. And it's of Demi Lovato. Is it Poot Lovato? <laughs> yeah, it's Poot Lovato. I don't even
1: need to open it. I love Poot Lovato. <laughs> it's a great one.
2: Yeah, um, okay, so next question, after Ryan said that he tries to make specific poignant questions and trashing my JT and Cameron question, I want to talk about Seth and how he's evolved as a character specifically in this episode. <laughs> okay. So at one point, we hear Seth on the phone um, to Ryan being very selfish with Ryan, who was going through something of his own right now uh, with Taylor and, uh, and and her French husband. But he talks about how summer is changing. And he doesn't think that he'll fit into her new life. Do we think that this is Seth just kind of being old Seth and kind of making everything about him, or do you think he's genuinely trying to do what's best for him and for Summer at this point?
1: Are you saying that Summer's changing and Seth just feels the same? Yeah, is this a Keen callback?
2: Yeah, it's all everything. Oh is keen. Everything goes back to Keen.
1: Everything goes back to Keen this season. No, I think um, I think that he is being good Seth this season. So I like to think that he's not just having a random moment of being shitty Seth. He is actually trying to do the right thing. And if he legitimately thinks that maybe he's summer might be better off without him right now, maybe that's, maybe that's real.
2: Okay. So I have one more serious question and then three more questions that Ryan won't like. Um, Okay. True or true. The music they played at the Cougar nightclub was the best music they've played in all four seasons of this show.
1: Dylan, we just had Keaton Cage match a week ago. <laughs>
2: yeah, but like, dude, Dim <laughs> Jeans and then that uh, uh, Love Me or Hate Me, Still an and Love Me or Hate Me, that, like that song. I love that song. I don't even remember who sings it. I think some British gal. Anyway, okay. Um, okay, here's kind of a more serious question. What was the mood around, as someone who didn't watch this in 2006, and I've had my opinion somewhat watered down by representations from both parties um to this podcast but what was the mood around the water cooler with the ryan taylor stuff back when this originally aired
1: i think that no one i didn't think that anyone thought they would actually follow through with it into like becoming a main storyline relationship which spoiler alert dylan it kind of turns into that um Mm -hmm. but like i I don't know i still think that it's strange but it seems i feel like as you watch this dylan you'll agree with me that he seems I, i don't know if it's Taylor, or if it's just Ryan being a mature person who went through trauma and came out the other side, but he seems so much different and better and happier. He seems more like Ryan and Lindsay when he's with her than he was with Ryan and Marissa.
2: Oh, RIP. Yeah.
1: Sad oboe. He's sounds. balanced.
0: He acts age appropriate. <laughs> and he finally figured out his hair, which I think is my favorite.
2: He so figured out of it. his trauma and his haircut. This is new Ryan. Ugh.
0: Ryan does not have good hair until this season.
2: I uh I, d- I do want to say that I am all in on this Ryan Taylor stuff. And like I said, I don't know how much of it is like the gaslighting that you all have spent the last like three seasons doing to me, but I'm all in for it. Okay, question. That
0: kiss that they have is exciting. Yes, that was. I think that was the only time that Ryan kissed someone on the show, including Marissa. That I was kind of like, ooh, that was hot. It really was. Uh, It could have been his haircut. I don't know, but I mean, I was
1: the French guy (laughs) watching it. I feel like it's also it's one of the first times that this show since season one, like Ryan and Marissa paired up pretty quickly. Seth and Summer paired up pretty quickly, and then we had to get introduced. To every new but we had to get introduced to Lindsay introduced to the yard guy introduced to Alex introduced to Johnny like mm-hmm. this is the first time they've gone back and found two characters that existed already and like put them together since I think Luke and Julie maybe yeah
0: yeah that's fun
2: I'm here for it I have two more questions and they're both not deep questions but they ask important things uh, 13 did yellow jackets or the OC do the sea mom at a nightclub plotline? better
0: the oc 100 percent. i love that when caitlin yeah. sees julie she's straddling a man and upside down
1: it's pretty impressive also julie's joke to kirsten about M- i get with men the same way you get with alcohol like one sip <laughs> and i'm upside down on the table or something
2: that was that was good <laughs> that was good oh uh, i
0: l- love a queen taryn gets to be in this
2: taryn taryn's cougar club should be its own spinoff.
1: Oh, Dylan, it's about to be its own storyline. So buckle oh, up. Oh, good. I was going
2: to say it, I want it to be like the private practice to the OC's Grey's Anatomy.
1: You know what? I forgot to mention last week, and we talked about it on text. But like, I went through last week all the highlights of the season and the reason I love it mostly Taylor and Caitlin. I forgot, Dylan, that we've texted about this, but we don't think we've talked about it. The bullet is going to make an appearance sometime soon in the next few weeks. Oh you my get gosh. introduced the to the bullet. I know and nothing. He kind of tie. He kind of ties into that st- storyline. I'm fucking so stoked for the bullet. I'm hype. I know nothing about it, and I'm so hype. Last
2: question, and this is an important one because this is something that I truly need to know the answer to because I don't know the answer to it. What is the appropriate order of clothing to remove in a game of strip poker or strip Scrabble? I think socks come off before pants. Yeah. Okay.
0: Definitely. Then I'm taking off my pants.
2: Do shirts come off before pants? No. If I'm playing it, no. Sandy was setting himself up to Winnie the Pooh.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, I was going to say, it's less (laughs) awkward to take your pants off first because it's like, you're sitting down.
2: I think it's
1: socks, pants, shirt, underwear.
2: Well, if you're you're a girl, do you take off? Dylan, stop. We're not having the rest of this conversation. (laughs) Okay. Thank you for answering that question. The last thing that I have is I just have kind of really quick notes that I want to fly through of just things that I really liked about this episode. I love the return of Hello Sunshine. So hang on, I
1: was going to say- th- this was, that um, was awesome. This was around the time that Mix 6 came out. Um, and it was called Covering Our Tracks. Because they got a bunch of artists who had already made, or not made, they got a bunch of artists who had already been featured on the OC. The OC actually got them to record covers of other songs that had also been featured on the OC, which is pretty crazy. Like it's,
0: that's so like cool. It's
1: crazy, to, it's crazy enough to when you have a band like the Beastie Boys say, hey, we made music and we want to play it on your show. But when you have the power to get a band to cover another band specifically for your show, that's pretty powerful and there this yeah, is this awesome. is around the time that mix came out it's got some good covers on that mix i think mates of state actually covered california which is now the third version of california i think that's been on an oc mix um but yeah sid matters covered hello sunshine which was great um my,
2: my favorite is the one that rock kills kid when they covered i turned my camera on by like spoon. spoon yeah that was there such was, a good cover. There's
1: a lot of good covers on that album. It's it's underratedly good. I think I was kind of upset when it came out because I wanted more. I didn't like the covers at the time, but now looking back on it, I think it was a good idea. Um, yeah. Like I said, the music moment of the episode was Dim Jeans by Jermaine Dupree. But yes. I just want to give a shout out. <laughs> I want to give a shout out to a song that got played twice. It's called Pageant of the Bizarre. It's by Zero Seven, who you probably know from Garden State. That album that came out around this time by Zero Seven is called The Garden, and it would not no relation to Garden State, but it was fucking incredible. It's one of my favorite albums of all time. I mean that's what this song was from. And it that's Sia doing the vocals. Like Sia did a lot of work with Zero Seven back then before she blew up into her own superstar. She's and so good. uh that song just really yeah. took me back. I love that album and I love Zero Seven.
2: There uh there were a couple quotes that I wanted to pull. Um I loved Summer saying I turned myself into a liberal zealot. Um excellent quote there. <laughs> Another good one is from Sandy when he's talking about his uh his lack of guy friends. He says, Jimmy left, Caleb died, Jimmy left again. Um, love that one. I like that Taylor referred to her French husband as a depraved sexual Jedi. Um, thought that was stellar. I really, really laughed like so hard at Summer's explanation to Che of who she really was. She basically goes, Oh yeah. These are my good. boots. These are my magazines. This is my dead friend. I thought that was a really interesting, um, approach to that. So fun fact, you can also request a divorce in France, uh, based on a breach of communal life. So if they lived apart for six years, um, she could file a divorce without his consent. So that's your fun fact there. Um, so
0: it's like the opposite of a common law marriage. Yeah, they you have, have a common law divorce. They effectively
2: have common law divorce in France, which is insane to me.
1: I'm very excited um, for you to meet her French husband because he does show up at some point in this in this season, and I'm very excited for you to meet <laughs> him.
2: Speaking yeah. of
1: French people,
2: um, this is my last favorite quote from the episode. And it's the fact that you have this really French guy who automatically starts speaking English and sounds like this. It won't be necessary. I may be a lawyer, but I'm also a Frenchman. He had no oh. accent at all, and it bothered me so much.
1: Listen, Dylan's a Duolingo man now, so he knows what it takes.
2: Hey, hey, <laughs> you know what? I can speak Scottish Gaelic now, kind of.
1: Also, every time we say Duolingo, I feel like we're about to say Duolipa, and I get really excited.
2: This episode is sponsored by Duolingo Plus. Is that it for this episode? That's it for this episode.
0: Uh, the uh, fashion... No, wait. The fashion moment. <laughs> wow. Episode.
2: Chelsea thought of one. Um, Is it Che naked? I
0: did. Che-ken? I wish. No. Uh, Jul- Julie and Taryn had awesome club outfits. Yeah. Um, Julie has a bit of a bump it going on. It, it was just very... You know, I love all the TikTok accounts that are just nostalgia accounts for the early aughts. And uh, Julie looked like she walked right out of it. It was awesome.
1: That does it for episode four of The O.C. And episode two of season four of keeping up with the Coens. I was just going to say before we forget again, um, if you want to reach us, you can do that. We forgot to say this last week. I didn't realize. Uh, You can reach us online. That's the internet. You can find us on Instagram at CoensPod, C-O-H-E-N-S-P-O-D, or you can email us, CoensPod at gmail.com. Dylan, what else can they do?
2: You can leave us a rating. You can leave us a review. You can do it on Apple Podcasts, and now you can do it on Spotify. Here's the thing. Do it. Please, I'm not going to sugarcoat it anymore. Please, they won't let me eat unless you review us. My life is in your hands. Every star, I get one piece of rice. So please, just rate us, review us. I wish that were true. We love you. (laughs) This is Saw 7
1: that'll do it for us for this week. I feel like that was a good if that was a good efficient episode. Great job everybody. Uh Chelsea, do you have any, yeah, in, in, Chelsea, anything else you want to say before we leave? Um, That's my favorite yeah. part. That's my favorite part of the episode and Chelsea's like, "No, I'm done." Every week. All right, we'll see you next week. Goodbye.
2: Bye.